Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. Before we read, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Let's set ourselves in agreement. You know, Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth, that's where we're at, right? We're on earth, right? If two of you shall agree on earth, it's touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, we're on earth, we're gathered in his name. He says, I'm right there in your midst to carry what you prayed about to pass, to bring it to pass. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we touch and agree this morning, asking for utterance, asking for wisdom, asking, Lord, for the eyes of our hearts to be flooded with light and our spirits to be strengthened. We open our ears today and we open our hearts to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us through this message. And Lord, we covenant with you ahead of time to give you alone all of the glory and all of the praise for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So we're talking about seizing divine opportunities. In Ephesians 5 and verse 15, he says, Seeing that you walk circumspectly, accurately, and diligently, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The Amplified says, Making the most of your time or of your opportunities, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. So he's talking about not wasting time but redeeming the time buying it up ransoming it and even rescuing it from loss we said last week that the more valuable our time becomes to him the more he will redeem our time the opposite of redeeming the time is wasting the time would you not agree that time is precious time is valuable and it really is irreplaceable amen now notice with me in uh, verse 17 in this same chapter, Ephesians 5, 17. Let's read it together. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then a partner scripture with that is found in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, where he says, making the most of the time and seizing up or buying up the opportunity. Now, opportunity simply means this. It's a fixed season Or a definite period. We could say that it is a window. It's an appropriate or favorable time or occasion. Also, Webster says it like this, that it's amount of time when something can be done. So we laid a pretty good foundation last week. Now today, I want to talk to you about how do we do that? How do we do that? What's our, what's our take home? How do we then seize God-given divine opportunities? Three words, stop, look, and listen. Everyone say stop, Stop. look, Look. and listen. Let's talk about stop. We're not sure how far we'll get in all this, but the good news about pastoring is we can just hook up where we left off next week. Amen. Now notice, stop. I want to encourage you to don't allow yourself to get so busy that you miss divine assignments and divine appointments. I believe this, that God can literally change the course of our lives with a divine hookup and a divine appointment. Now, as I was studying this, I was reminded of Luke chapter 10. So let's look over there 
And let's discuss this for a few moments. Luke, the 10th chapter, and we'll notice in verse 38 through 42. Luke, chapter 10. Now it came to pass, as they went, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. He was at Martha's house a lot. They were friends. And Martha had a reputation of being an awesome cook. I like to go to people's homes that are awesome cooks. That's why I like to go home. Because Brenda is an awesome cook. And so he's out there and enters into her house. And notice with me in verse 39. And she had a sister named Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I want you to pay particular attention to this, that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and she heard his word. This was a divine opportunity for her to hear from the master. Have not we been given ample opportunities to hear from him? You know, he does stand at the door of our heart and knocks. He wants to come in and sup with us. He wants to come in and fellowship with us. But the question is, are we going to miss our opportunities or are we going to buy them up? You may think that reading one chapter a day isn't enough. I'm telling you. God can take a chapter a day and he can bring such grace and revelation to you that, oh, hallelujah, the anointing gets strong on you. The presence of the Lord just fills your being and your whole room. It's an opportunity in the morning to read the word. It's an opportunity daily to praise him. So Mary positioned herself at the feet of Jesus. She took this golden opportunity. Now notice with me, what about Martha? But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Now what does the word cumbered mean? Well, basically it means she was kind of anxious. She was a a little fidgety. She says, the master's here, the master's here. And, And she just assumed that it was time to start cooking. You know, we can miss God by assumptions. We can miss God by assuming certain things. It's better to stop and just say, what is the purpose for this time? What is the purpose for this season? But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. I mean, you could just hear the pots and the pans just all over the place and the cornmeal was being worked out and she had to walk to the well and get to the water. She said, the master's here, the master's here. Now notice, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care? Now that's not a good question to ask the Prince of Peace. In other words, Lord, aren't you upset about this? Aren't you anxious about this? In other words, in Hayward talk, in Bay Area talk, she went to the Lord and said, what's up? (laughs) The Prince of Peace. There was not a lot of reverence there. There was not a lot of honor there for the Lord. Don't you care? Don't you care about what? 
that my sister, Mary, she's left me to serve alone. And then she tries to direct what the Lord's supposed to do. See, the Lord's there on a divine assignment. The Lord's there wanting to give them a divine appointment, a divine opportunity. And she says, Lord, aren't you worried about what's going on? And then she tries to take control of the whole situation. And she says to him, bid my sister, therefore, that she come and help me. And Jesus answered unto her and said, Martha, Martha. You get a Martha, Martha, you might as well just hit your knees right now. She's about to get a word. Now, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I wanted you to see uh, verse 40 in the Amplified Version. It gives very uh, a more clear picture of what was going on. In the Amplified Version, it says, But Martha, overly occupied and too busy. Everyone say too busy. She was distracted. Not only was she distracted, but she was disturbed. You have to be very careful about being disturbed with those who don't serve in the church. You have to be very careful about judging others that just come and sit 52 weeks a year and 365 days a year and do nothing in the church. You have to be very careful about that. Because they will have to answer to the Lord. You will not have to answer to the Lord for them. And what that does, that becomes disturbing. It becomes a distraction to you while you're serving. And it it disables you from bringing your very best. Amen? So be very careful about that. But Martha overly occupied. It's not bad to be occupied. It's not bad to be busy. I'd rather be busy than not busy. But I don't want to allow myself to get too busy. That's a, that's a famous phrase. Well, how are you doing? I've just been so busy. I'm just so busy. Well, you know, let's, let's get together and, and uh, maybe have coffee. Well, I will, but it's just, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Fine. Busy with what? Busy with what? It's not a question whether or not we're going to be busy or not. The question is, what are we busy about? And are we too busy? And have we allowed our priorities to get out of whack to the degree that we overlook opportunities like Martha did and miss things because we're just too busy? Amen. Now, I'm calling this sanctuary full. I'm calling it full. But did you know that one of the main reasons why this sanctuary is not full is because people's priorities are out of whack. They're just too busy. I'm just too busy. Oh, I'm so busy. Hello. We're all busy. But we need to be busy about his business. Amen. I think this is pretty good preaching. I'm getting warmed up for that 11 a.m. crowd. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, she was distracted and she was disturbed with much serving. And she came unto him and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me and uh, lend a hand 
and do her part along with me. <laughs> Woo, my, my, my. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful, or we could say it this way, you're full of care. You're full of anxiety. About what? About much and, and troubled about many things. And then he said, here it is, Martha. There's only one thing that is needful for you today. The one thing that is needful for you, Martha, is to get your mind off the stove and on what I've come here for. I've come here with a word. I've come here with an opportunity for you to sit at meet at my feet. And that's the only thing I came for. You know, it pays rich dividends when you and I discover the one thing every day. What is the thing? That the Lord would have us do today. But one thing. Verse uh, 42. Let's put that up there. But one thing is needful. And Mary. Hath made the right choice. Mary hath chosen the good part. You chose the good part. Coming to heart of day this morning. It's a good church. And you're getting a good word. And there's good people here. And there's a good, great God here. Amen. Amen. And Mary hath chosen that good part. The Spirit of the Lord rose up on the inside of me and said this to me yesterday or the day before. When my people make the right choices and choose the good part for their lives, good things will begin to happen. Oh, glory to God. When we make the right choices, when we seize up divine opportunities, good things will start happening in our lives. But you can't be asleep doing that. You can't be casual about these things. We must be awake and alert and walking circumspectly and expecting divine opportunities to come our way every day. Amen? So Martha... She missed it. She missed a golden opportunity. Why? Because she wouldn't stop. Did you know that it's possible to get to a point where you become so busy and overly distracted, not only will people not stop, but they have a difficult time stopping at all. They can't stop. Sometimes you just got to park, folks. And lay aside the weights and lay aside the things that have been a hindrance to you and come to Christ and say, this is the one thing that I need. You see, when I become distracted, when I become overly occupied, it's likely I will not even recognize a divine opportunity, much less seize them. Why? Because if we don't value them and don't expect them, we won't be looking for them. And if we're not looking for them, they won't come. And they'll just pass us by. So what do you say we spend time in the Word of God? What do you say we spend time at the feet of Jesus? 
Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and your word is a light unto my path. The message translation says this, By your words I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Hallelujah. Say this with me. By your words, I can see where I'm going. Your word, your words throw a beam of light on my dark path. So stop. And then secondly, look, look. Anytime where a decision needs to be made, look inside and acknowledge him. You're afforded opportunities here and opportunities there. We're not to be led by opportunities. Come on. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. But any time a decision needs to be made in our lives, in our ministries, in our home, in our families, just look inside and acknowledge Him. What do you mean acknowledge Him? Acknowledge that He's there. Acknowledge that He knows Mucho, mucho more than you do. Acknowledge that he's a lot smarter than you. Acknowledge him. Recognize him. Talk to him. In Proverbs, the third chapter, notice with me in verse 5, Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart. And then he says, don't lean to your own understanding. Now he differentiates between your heart and your head. Where is your truster? Your truster is in your heart. It is with the heart that man believes, right? If you live out of here, you'll always be disappointed and come up short. So he says, this trust in me must come from The real you, your spirit man. Trust in me with all of your heart and then lean not to your own understanding. Now notice verse 6. Let's read this together. In all thy way. We could say it like this. In all the opportunities that come our way. In all of the divine things, opportunities that come our way. In all of our ways, do what? acknowledge him and when we acknowledge him what we are doing is we are giving him full place there is an invitation to him to be our guide at all times you ever come across a place in life where in the natural realm you just didn't know what to do you didn't know what to do up here but he that lives on the inside of you knows exactly what to do A good prayer to pray when you get like that is, Lord, I need some help here. Just check with him. And what will he do? He will, in fact, he'll direct your paths. Ooh, glory to God. He is directing my path. He is directing my path. That's what you ought to say when your head doesn't know what to do. Thank God he's directing my path. Well, how how do you know he's directing your your path? Because I've acknowledged him in it. 
I've put him at the top of the decision, not at the last of the decision-making process. I've acknowledged him. I've looked to him. And he is directing my paths. That can be quite a statement of faith. Amen? Because you may not know exactly what path to take, but you can position yourself to get in the right path to make the right decision if you'll just believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Thank God he's directing me daily. He's directing my paths today. Amen. 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 Try it on for size. Say it with me. He is. You are. You are are directing my path every day. So don't exclude him, include him. Then look at John chapter 16. Man, you guys listen so good. John 16, verse 13. John 16, 13. Says, how be it when he, the spirit of what? The spirit of truth is come. Well, he's come, hadn't he? Thank God the comforter's come. So when the spirit of truth has come, he didn't come just to hitchhike a ride through life with you. Amen. You are a mobile temple of the Holy Ghost. And when the spirit of truth has come, here's what he's going to do. He will guide you into all the truth. That's another great confession to make. He guides me into all the truth for my life. Now why? For he shall not speak of himself... But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he's showing me things to come. He's showing you things to come. Well, I haven't seen anything, Pastor. Get in faith. Get in expectancy. And believe the spirit of truth to lead you and to guide you every day of your life. It's true. As a born-again believer... And as a spirit-filled believer, you have the guide living on the inside. And he wants to guide your life. Say with me, I got the guide inside. What is this saying? This is saying you've got a built-in compass. The good news is you do not have to be directionally challenged any longer. Anybody ever been directionally challenged before in the natural? That's why they have ways. That's why they have maps, right? So that we don't become directionally challenged. Well, that's why the Lord knew we'd need help. He says, look, guys, when I go, it's going to be as muy profitable for you. Because if I don't go away, I won't send the Holy Spirit to you. But if I go away, I'll send him to you. You'll no longer be orphans. I'll put a guide on the inside of you. I'll give you direction every day of your life. You will not have to wonder. You will not have to waver. I will see to it that you're on the path that I have for your life. And my brothers and sisters, that is good news. Amen. How many of you know what Siri is? S-I-R-I. Siri. Have it on your computer. Some of you have it on your smartphones. And Siri wants to talk to you. Well, the Spirit of God wants to talk to you. Someone said that Siri, S means spirit, I, inside, R, revealing, I, information. You've got Siri on the inside. The Spirit of God living inside of you, revealing information that you need to know. Are there things we need to know? 
Are there places he wants us to go? Absolutely. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are not to be externally led. We are to be internally led. And here's what happens. When we are led by the Spirit of God, and we're communing with Him, and we're taking advantage of Siri, the Spirit inside, revealing information. When we're led by the Holy Ghost, we will find God's plan for our lives. When we're led by the Holy Ghost, He'll lead you right out of sickness into divine health. Oh, Shandai, somebody. When you're led by the Holy Ghost, He'll lead you right out of lack into divine prosperity. Right out of defeat into victory. Woo! When you're led by the Spirit of God, you'll walk in the Spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not walk around like most people walk around in this day, in this age we live, all confused and all consumed with the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, the lusts of other things, which literally enter in and choke the Word of God. Say it with me. That's not me. I'm alive. I'm alert, and I'm expecting every day the Spirit of the living God to lead me. Here's a Dad Hagen quote. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of Dad Hagen? Here's a Dad Hagen quote. He says, the individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. The individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God will rise to the top in life. In other words, the fact that you're the head and not the tail and that you're above and not beneath becomes a reality in your life. We'll read it again. The individual that will learn to be led by the Spirit of God is going to rise to the top in life. Then E.W. Kenyon said this, coupled together, partnered with this. He said, the one who lets his spirit gain the mastery and influence him in critical times is the one who climbs to the top. Hallelujah. He's taken us upward. He's taken us onward. Now, the truth of the matter is the Holy Ghost is able to help some more than he is others. Why is that? Because some are looking more to him and are more yielded to him. Amen? Now, when you face an opportunity, make sure that peace is your guide. Make sure you have the peace of God on this situation. Amen? Uh, Oftentimes, when I'm praying, I'll say, Lord... I'm thinking about doing this. I'm, uh, I'm praying about doing this. And uh, I just, I want to check in with you on this. Is, is that right? Is that, is that correct? Is that accurate? Is that something that I should be doing or shouldn't be doing? And I tell you, the Lord will give you an answer just like that. He'll give you a red light, which is a check, which means no. He'll give you a yellow light, which means just hold. And then many times he'll give you a green light. 
And the green light is the peace. The green light on Hesperian Boulevard today, as you leave church here in a little while, the green light means proceed. Right? The red light means stop. Have you ever noticed how many people go through red lights? Just a word of wisdom for you. If you are the first person at the intersection waiting to cross, just wait a few seconds. Because you never know when Wilbur or Alice, or not Alice, but when, when <laughs> whoever, sorry Alice, you just never know. You know, I mean, they're in a hurry. And they're important. You know, hey, hey you know, just get out of my way. Because I'm, es muy importante. The other night, we went down to a ball game, watched the A's beat the uh, Baltimore Orioles 5-4. to four, Good game. And they had um, something else going on at Oracle Arena. So there was a lot of people down there. And for an A's game, if it's just an A's game these days, man, you can get in and out whenever you want because they're having a tough year. But when I go to an A's game or go to a Warriors game, I'll take 66 Ave. And uh, Waze told us to go Hagenberger. I went 66 half. I'm sorry I did. I was directionally challenged. That's our next point. Listen. (laughs) Stop, look, and listen. But uh, we're back there. uh, And uh, then there's people cutting in. There's people cutting in. Wanting to get in front of you. Why? Because they're more important than you are. And they're just taking their advantage and just cutting in and and I lost what my point is but don't cut in (laughs) don't run that red light that's right thank you brother George don't run that red light amen well but I want to do it I got to get there I've got it's got to happen it's got to happen now don't run the red light wait for peace Wait for that. I don't know how to describe it. Brother Hagen described it like this, a velvety sensation or a velvety feeling down in your spirit. It's just an inward knowing. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I dare say a lot of opportunities would not have been taken if people had followed the inward witness. Amen? And I dare say, on the other hand, a lot of opportunities can be taken if we will follow the inward witness. But peace is a ruling guide for us. Amen? Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Look at Colossians the third chapter. You getting anything out of this yet today? Colossians the third chapter, the 15th verse. Sometimes you wonder, but praise the Lord, I'm not into wondering and wavering, I'm into believing. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as a what? As an umpire. What does the umpire do? He says, safe, or he says, out. And that's what the Spirit of God, the Spirit inside revealing to you information, can make the determination whether it's good, safe, or whether it's not good, or whether it's out. Let it rule as an umpire umpire continually in our hearts. And I love what it says here, deciding and settling it. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state. And be thankful, appreciative, and giving praise to God always. 
So number one, stop. Number two, look. And number three, listen. 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 In John chapter 10, in verses 3 through 5, Jesus here is saying that he is the good shepherd. And as a good shepherd, he leads his sheep. Amen? And as a sheep, we are to hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger, we are not to follow. Amen? And it verifies this in John chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. It says, To him, the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. Say with me, I hear his voice. And calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. He's going before us. And as a good sheep, what do we do? We follow him. For we know his voice. Verse 5. Read this with me like you really believe it. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. I am his sheep. I hear the voice of the good shepherd. And a stranger I will not follow. You know why I do not follow strange doctrines that have come in and out of the body of Christ for these past decades we've been in ministry? I'm not so quick to jump on the wagon or the train of strange doctrines. I could name a few of them for you, but I'm not going to do that. But God has always kept this ministry safe. And has always kept Heart of the Bay safe because we were not so quick to jump on the latest fad. There are some strange things out there. And there are some strange fires. The best way that you can make a determination what's God and what's not God is by, does it line up with the B-I-B-L-E? Does it line up with the Word of God? And if there's not scriptures that line up with the Word of God, that verify what people are doing, don't follow the voice of a stranger. There's a lot of strange things out there. There's a lot of people trying to prophesy money out of your pocket into theirs. There's a lot of people out there giving prophetic words that are no more prophetic words than I just landed on Mars 10 minutes ago. I don't think it's so prophetic. I think many times it gets very pathetic. No, thank God, we've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We've got the one, hallelujah, who knows the end from the beginning living in us. Say this with me. In the name of Jesus, I hear the voice of the Lord. I am his sheep. Jesus is my shepherd. I know your voice and I will follow you. I listen carefully to hear your plan for my life. Every step of your plan is mine to hear and to obey. And I will have great success. Years ago, a lot of my minister friends were getting into some telemarketing things. It was a pyramid thing. And man, some of the guys were just making tons of money. And they were just really, I mean, for a season they were. They were doing really, really good. And of course, they were at the top of the pyramid. And they had all of their people in the church sign up under them. So they made sure they made a lot of money. Looked good. Sounded good. Oh, man, you, you can pay your building off of that. Woo! Plus, you can have extra money in your pocket. 
pastor. I had friends approach me on it. Good friends, good people. Just down on the inside, I just knew that I knew that I knew that was not right for me. I'm not judging them, but I know for me in this house, it wasn't right. For me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to gain our increase by sowing and reaping, not by selling phone cards. I know I'm preaching real good. I just heard the organ. But, but you can stay away from a lot of ditches if you'll just stay in communion with the Lord. You'll know what to invest in and not what to invest in. You'll know where to go and where not to go. You'll know who to marry and who not to marry. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray for eyes to see. Pray for ears to hear. And then, of course, over the years, I've had people say, well, pastor, you know, as a church, here's what we need to do. We need to do means you need to do it. Anytime a person says, we need or you need to do this, my antenna goes up. And I ask to myself, is this God or them just trying to sell something that they're trying to promote in the church? Got to be careful of that. Got to be careful of of manipulation and people trying to bring you into something that God's not in. I think this is good preaching. I think what we need to do, folks, is we need to pray for eyes to see. And we need to pray for ears to hear. And we need to pray for a discerning heart. Matthew 13, just kind of getting started, but this is, <coughs> this is good anyhow. See, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. In Matthew 13, verse 15, it says, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I would heal them. But blessed, this is what I'm saying over this church, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. Amen. Put your hands over your eyes and say, my my eyes are blessed, for my eyes see. Put your hand over your ears, and my ears are blessed, for they hear. The eyes of my understanding, the eyes of my spirit, see. The eyes of my spirit and the ears of my spirit, hear. Hallelujah. We are not wax gross. We are not dull of hearing. But I'm telling you, I'm looking at a congregation that is quick and bright and sharp. Woo, glory to God. So to listen, to really be tuned in to what he's saying through his word and by his spirit, to really be tuned in, there are some things that need to be tuned out. Amen? There's some things that need to be tuned out. Wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. And a man of understanding is going to draw it out. And I'm telling you today, there is absolutely no limit 
What you can hear from God if you will learn to develop and train your human spirit. Mark Brzee said in his book, The Guide Inside, and I highly recommend it. We're doing a lot of study on the Holy Spirit now because I'm going to teach 12 hours on the Holy Spirit down in Africa in the month of November. And Brenda's going to teach 12 hours on prayer in Africa. And what I'm going to do on a Wednesday night, not this Wednesday night, but the following Wednesday night, I'm going to start that course right here. I'm going to do that series for 12 weeks on the Holy Spirit on Wednesday night. So you can get in on it. And then we're also going to be praying about God giving utterance while we're in Africa. Because it's not just Brenda and I going. We're all going together. I said we're all going together. And I want you all to get on the blessing ahead of time. I wonder, could we learn more about the Holy Spirit? Could we learn more about that man is an eternal being created in the image and likeness of God? Could we learn more about training and developing the human spirit? The book, The Guide Inside by Mark Brzee, to me is the second best book on how to be led by the Spirit of God next to Dad Hagen's called How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. It is, it is packed with revelation. It is so good. And here's what he said. He said, in the world today, we study biology, physiology, psychology, and all the ologies. But we don't find universities where we were taught to study the human spirit and what Dad Hagen called in his classes before he went on to be with the Lord, Dad Hagen called it spiritology. I like that, don't you? Spiritology, the study of the human spirit. Say it with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a physical body. Then Mark goes on to say, unfortunately... The human spirit is probably the most misunderstood part of the human makeup. But it's the most important part of the believer because it is our connection to God. Then he goes on to say, the problem in our society and in our culture is that we spend a lot of time developing the mind instead of the spirit. There's three ways to develop the human spirit. Feed on the word of God, pray in other tongues, meditate God's word, and then fourthly, instantly obey the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And in closing, turn with me quickly to Matthew chapter 4, and let's look at verse 4. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say with me, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by what? By bread alone. How many of you like bread? How many of you like sourdough bread? All right. But don't live by that alone. Enjoy ye some sour bread. Enjoy ye some muffins. Amen. But don't have that be first. Man shall not live by bread alone. Man should not live by intellect alone. Man should not live by psychology alone. Man should not live by development of the, of the physical man alone. But man, first and foremost, if man's really going to live, and I know you want to live, man shall live by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word proceeds there means present, happening now. It means ongoing and it means constant. God speak to me, people say. God speak to me. The Bible is God speaking to you. The word is your daily bread. The word is alive and it is fresh. Martin Luther said this, all cunning of the devil is exercised in trying to tear us away from the word of God. I encourage you all week long, open your Bible, open your Bible, commune with God, pray in the spirit. If you don't pray in the spirit, get some good praise music and sing along. Start singing psalms unto the Lord. Commune with the Holy Spirit. Invite Him. Acknowledge Him. And He will come into your everyday life. And He will make His plan clear to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand up, everybody. That's good enough.